Hey, welcome in to a Colts Overtime Podcast here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. I'm Matt Taylor. Lair Overton in the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Lair, we're talking Colts coaching staff. Everything's solidified right now. It's officially official, as they say. Well, we knew last week when we were at the Combine that Shane Steichen was trying to shore up a lot of those loose ends and finalize those Indeed. coaching hires as he was also evaluating the prospects coming through this draft. So it's been quick work for him. Immediately hit the ground running. No doubt. You know, with everything that he's trying to do. One of the things he didn't have to worry about, though, Matt, was the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. He already had that experience with Gus Bradley, so that was a, a major advantage for him to be able to know what he was walking into, have that side of things already solidified under Gus Bradley, and then really be able to focus on building his offensive staff and then also hiring a special teams coordinator. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's talk about it. Everything is official from the uh, Colts angle. So here's what's going on. Jim Bob Cooter has been hired as offensive coordinator. Tom Manning is in as tight ends coach. He was on the Colts coaching staff in 2018 in the same capacity before he left for the college level. Brian Mason, speaking of the college level, he's now the special teams coordinator. He comes from Notre Dame. DeAndre Smith, running backs coach. Tony Sperano Jr. is in now as the offensive line coach under Shane Steichen. Cam Turner, quarterbacks coach. Chris Watt, former Notre Dame guard, by the way. He's the assistant offensive line coach. Additionally now, Brent Jackson has been elevated to defensive quality control coach. Richard Smith will be the linebackers coach and the running game coordinator on the defensive side of the football. Brian Bratton has been moved to the offensive quality control coach with a focus on wide receivers. And Reggie Wayne is back as the wide receivers coach on the offensive side of the football. He's the only offensive position coach that was retained from the Frank Reich staff under Shane Steichen. So let's start with the the changes on offense layer. Jim Bob Cooter, offensive coordinator. We talked about him a few weeks back on the official Colts podcast, but what are the Colts getting now in Cooter as the offensive uh, coordinator working hand in hand, obviously with Shane Steichen, who's going to call the, uh, the plays on offense. I believe one of the things that was intriguing to Shane Steichen is how well those two would work together and having an aligned vision for what you want to do with this offense. They originally cro- crossed paths in Philadelphia Correct. Yep. in 2021. And then Jim Bob spent last season with Jacksonville as their passing game coordinator. Hey, just looking at those two seasons, alone kind of helps solidify me with how innovative he can be in some of the roles in in game planning in particular. We know Shane Steichen will continue to call plays, so those are some of the nuances that you always have to figure out with an offensive coordinator, but a head coach who's calling those offensive plays and how those will marry. So I think that it's really important to know and have an established dynamic within those two roles and how they work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So I like that those two have the rapport coming in and that they're able to bring in you know, similar mindsets, but also different nuances to their scheme, being that Jim Bob has had a number of different snaps across his career uh, prior to that. Shane brings a ton of experience from working in the Chargers organization mm-hmm. prior to Philadelphia. So it'll be interesting maybe how they both put different wrinkles into this offensive system. Yeah, and he, just like Shane Steichen, has worked with a lot of different quarterbacks yeah. and different offenses 
and he's made it work. I mean, he got his start with the Colts right back in 2009 to 2011, towards the tail end of Peyton Manning's tenure in Indianapolis, yeah. obviously. Uh, worked with Peyton Manning again in 2013 with the Denver Broncos, and Peyton said, hey, bro, you're you're coming here. I think that's I important want you to note is that is how well-regarded and mm-hmm. respected that he is by Peyton Manning. That's a guy who you want in your building. You know, if you're going through in a typical, I need jo- in, in a typical job interview, if you're like, all right, who are your recommendations? <laughs> You know, if it's a coaching, Wait, is this if it's an offensive Manning? coach, number 18, good to go, right? Absolutely. Sign off on that one. You know, you got Matthew Stafford, as you said, they crossed over Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter in 2021 when Cooter was a consultant with the Eagles, so has intimate knowledge of the Jalen Hurts experience. Last year, passing game coordinator with the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. So and important with those two? Developing two young quarterbacks For sure. in succession right. in two different Making systems. them feel comfortable, right? Getting them established in the NFL if the Colts decide to go that route in the draft. So he knows accountability. He's going to grow guys. He's going to continue to develop guys. But he's been a play caller in the NFL as well. He's been an offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions. So he's going to help take some things off of Shane Steichen's plate because he's the head coach. He's having to worry about 56 guys plus the practice squad uh, during the course of the week. He's going to help, obviously, implement the game plan. He's going to run the offensive meetings during the course of the week. So a lot of people say, well, he's not calling the plays. What does an offensive coordinator do? Well, there's obviously a lot more to that um, than people realize. Um, as far as collaboration, how, how is that going to work with Jim Bob Cooter, Shane Steichen? Who else is involved with with the game plan on offense throughout the course of the week. I think you're certainly going to have Cam Turner involved in that without question and mm-hmm. and Reggie Wayne. He's that one, you know, piece of continuity that you have carry over and you look at how impressive of a job Reggie did in mm-hmm. his rookie season as a coach with a very young inexperienced for the most part receiver core when you had you know guys like Alec Pierce in their rookie years you have a developing Michael Pittman who came off of a strong 2021 and followed it up with a really good 2022 you had Paris Campbell who hadn't put together a full season in his entire NFL career had the year of his life and that's so much credit to Reggie Wayne but I do think that in terms of the schematic standpoint game planning I think Cam Turner will be integral in that one thing worth noting that I think will be interesting though for Colts fans as we're talking about Reggie Wayne you know you talked about Brian Bratton being mm-hmm. in in that role as well um, behind or in compliment to Reggie one of the things that Coach Bratton did in this offseason, he was one of the coaches on the Senior Bowl staff and heavily involved in coaching the wide receiver group one of the wide receivers that he worked with, Jalen Wayne, Reggie's nephew, there and is a huge reason that he has escalated in terms of catching a lot of attention from scouts over the past few weeks because he had an outstanding performance right. over the course of the week at the Senior Bowl. So I love that I love that tandem and that they have that correlation in there as well. And I think that that helped Coach Bratton really grow in his role as well and for sure. the Colts to realize what they'd be able to do in retaining him and just point. in a different capacity. Yeah, so no doubt it's going to be Steichen, it's going to be Jim Bob Cooter, Cam Turner, the, the quarterback's and coach. And you mentioned the wealth of experience of quarterbacks that he mm-hmm. has as well. I mean, I don't think that there is a quarterback style out there that between Steichen, yeah, the Colts Cooter, haven't, and, yeah, dealt and Turner with. that you haven't seen. Right, yeah. I mean, Turner dealing with uh, the Arizona aspect of things with Kyler Murray and then, you know, with yeah. the Panthers and Cam Newton. So, yeah, w- whichever direction the Colts hypothetically go at quarterback in the draft, again, if they decide to do that, the Colts are going to have their bases covered with a lot of different experiences 
on this coaching staff working with players with quarterbacks in prior stops that have similar skill sets. Now, one of the things that has been pointed out, of the five offensive position coaches, new guys coming in at quarterback, the running backs coach, wide receivers coach, tight end, and offensive line. Those coaches, respectfully, Lara, have combined to be a full-time position coach in the NFL for only five seasons. Now, the reason I bring that up is you say, okay, that's that's true, but also, I mean, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne's played 14 years in the NFL. He's a future Hall of Famer, right? He's coming from one staff to the, to the other. I understand that, but he's still Reggie Wayne. Tom Manning has been an offensive coordinator at the college level for the last four years. Tony Sperano Jr. comes from, obviously, a great football background, a football family. His dad was a head coach in the NFL. He's been in the NFL himself since 2011 as a coach. He's been an assistant offensive line coach for the last six years. I'm assuming he knows what he's talking about. Right. Cam Turner, as we said, he's been an assistant quarterbacks coach, a passing game coordinator he in the like NFL. He was into football, too. Right? So <laughs> what does that tell you about the – staff that Shane Steichen has put together on the offensive side of the ball he's got experience but guys are graduating into bigger roles if you will I think it is when he was going through the process of interviewing all of these guys does this does this coach does this candidate have the mentality we know he harped on tenacity the vision the passion the accountability are those all checking the boxes because Sure, there are differences going from being in college football to being in the NFL, but the principles remain the same. And a lot of these guys are young, right? Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're and, in their mid 40s or that younger. The Eagles staff, right. you know, the last two years was an incredibly young. And right. looking at a couple of different things uh, to note in, within that conversation, when Tom Manning was here in 18, that was one of the best seasons of a tight end group in Colts history, right? right? Sure. Single season franchise record with 21 touchdown receptions. You know, that was incredibly good. Eric Ebron, yeah, you Ebron had Jack here. Doyle mm-hmm. that year, of course. And then also looking at Sperano, this is something that I learned last week being around the combine. He was in here, and a lot of these guys were already in, in the mix. And they jumped They're in. They were working. They were hands-on at right. the Combine. And they were allowing different position group coaches to meet with the respective prospects who they would be coaching. Sperano was all in on those offensive linemen, you know, talking technique, talking execution, all of those things. So he's a very, like, I'm saying fiery in terms of definitely, like, you know, Fist in the dirt, wants to be hands on, mm-hmm. you know, which is which I think is what you're getting from a, the characteristics we're seeing of a lot of yeah. these young coaches. And, you know, the other thing with the experience level, remember a year ago when Nate Ollie came in as the defensive line coach and he hadn't been a full time position group coach when he walked in the yeah. door? Colts got 45 sacks last year. I mean, that's something. Right. So I think that there's something to be said for, for sure. going with the, the experience and how well Nate was able to connect with his group, with the group of players who he had, and how well they responded to him all of the 2022 yeah, season. Good stuff right there. That's Lara Overton. She's working overtime <laughs> here on uh, the Colts official uh, podcast channel and the Colts audio network. As you said, the Colts 
are bringing back some continuity on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Gus Bradley and his staff is coming back. That includes uh, defensive backs coach Ron Milas, defensive line coach Nate Ollie, as you just alluded to, and then linebackers coach Richard Smith. Last year, of course, the Colts' defense finished 11th in passing uh, yards allowed per game and they allowed just over four yards per carry. That was fifth in the NFL era. How important was it for the Colts to bring back at least one half of the coaching staff intact? You do have some continuity to help build some things quickly under Shane hey, Steichen. Given on that love side to Reggie Wing, let's give it to Cato June, too, because he's back in yes. that linebacker Assistant group, too, coach, so yeah. in an important capacity. A, a couple of things I really like about this. One, just from the turnover that this team had when you lost Matt Eberflus for the Chicago head coaching job, you brought Gus in. It is nice that these guys are going to have consecutive seasons within that same scheme. And we heard it from a lot of these guys, veteran defensive players. The scheme was a big adjustment for a lot of these guys. Played football their entire lives, but there were a lot of intricacies of this defense that took guys time to get used sure. to and sure. ways that they had to adapt how they typically been playing and all of that. So it'll be really interesting to see having that continuity, having that foundation, where they can leap from there. I think that that's a group that you will see start the season even right. faster than they did in 22. The other thing that I like about it is Shane Steichen has a defensive coordinator who's previously been a head coach. So there are things where maybe there's Can a situation. lean on him. Yeah, hey, maybe there's a situation that he's like, hey, Gus, what would you do in this? Or I'm really trying to hammer home X point. Or this is you know what we're trying to establish as the tone for the week. Or mm -hmm. whatever it is. Gus is a fantastic sounding board for those things. Right. And I think that that is going to be something that's adv advantageous not only for Shane Steichen but for this entire coaching staff as well to have a group because you mentioned how young a lot of these offensive coaching hires are. In complement to that, it's a really veteran-savvy yeah. defensive side of the ball sure. with that crew of Bradley, Milas, and Smith having spent – you know, decades at different points in their careers. Together. All right, well, let's quickly talk about some of the foundational things that you brought up. What What are some of those things the Colts can build off of going into to next season? For me, Lair, I point to, for the most part, the defense played like a playoff caliber unit for yeah. most of the season. Certainly there towards the end of the season, things sort of fell off. I mean, the last eight games, the Colts gave up over 30 points per game. Um, did a nice job Injuries of developing a, the front. Had a point in that. Sure, you know, like course, you, yeah. you mentioned the sacks. I mean, over 40 sacks, highest yeah. sack total for the Colts as a franchise, as a team since 2005. Obviously, you're going to have to do a better job of closing out games in the fourth quarter. You held a fourth quarter lead, I think, in four of the last seven games, mm -hmm. unable to close those out. Finished the game or finished the season 31st in fourth quarter points allowed, 32nd, dead last in the NFL in red zone defense. Um, but for the most part, you did see growth. I mean, I think from a comfort level, Grover Stewart really feels comfortable in this defense. Zaire Franklin certainly emerged with uh, Shaq Leonard's situation. You could say the same thing about EJ Speed. He's a free agent, but he really liked this defense. Um, and then Stephon Gilmore had a – I hate the word use the word renaissance, but yeah. just, I mean, a career high in number of snaps and – just really thrived and made some game-changing and, and game-ending plays from his uh, cornerback position on defense. What else tells you that the Colts are on the right track 
defensively under Gus Bradley, even though they had those blips on the radar. I really liked and pointed to, in a conversation earlier this week, the development of guys like Rodney Thomas II. Mm-hmm. I mean, the season that he had last year, I think, is very indicative of what that secondary can do in a second year together, playing in complement to one another with what you're going to get out of that group. You sure. have Stefan, you know, as the former defensive player of the year, he's been an all-pro numerous times over the course of his career and then what are these young guys that are surrounding him doing as well Isaiah Rogers Julian Blackman Rodney Thomas II excited to see what that defensive backs group can do in another year together I would like to see more takeaways yeah in the upcoming season finished second in 21 last year 19th yeah, and and or excuse me, twenty first, twenty first. Shaq Leonard is a pardon. big reason for for having drop off, right. but I do think that you can see more productivity from that group, and then you just want to see. You did see them. One of the things that mm-hmm. I think was um, a bright spot for me is up until the very end of of the season for a number of different issues, you saw them close out games so. Well, you know, and you, you mentioned Stefan and game-clinching plays. I'm thinking about, obviously, wins at Kansas City, mm-hmm. the win at Denver, the win in Las Vegas, all of those situations where it was on the defense. I even want to say, you know, the Jacksonville win at home, too. De- defense was, was huge in that fourth quarter. So those were some of the things to me that are like, this defense is on the right track. They just got to give themselves a little bit more time and just be able to get some of those guys healthy to have that unit sure. in completion. All right, let's uh, talk about the third phase of the game. Close out, talk about Brian Mason, Notre Dame special teams coordinator. He's been in the college level for 15 years. He's coming up. He's going to replace Bubba Ventrone, who we know joined the Brown staff a few weeks back. But uh, last year, one year at Notre Dame. Before that, he was at Cincinnati. But for the Irish last year, Notre Dame blocked seven punts. That's that's not a typo. I did not say that incorrectly. They blocked seven punts in one year after they blocked only six punts in the previous ten years combined. So this guy legitimately one of the best assistant coaches in the nation last year. Uh, he's a Zionsville native, so he's on record saying, and hopefully we get a chance to talk with him in the next couple of days or the next couple of weeks as he gets his feet wet, but he said this is like a dream job for him. He's a Hoosier. He yeah. grew up about 25 uh, minutes from where we're uh, talking right now, Lara. W- with Mason coming from the college game, what what's the learning curve he's going to have to deal with now in the NFL for the first time? One really interesting, I'm going to take a little detour here quickly. You know who I can't wait to talk to about Coach Mason? Alec Pierce. They were yeah. together at the University of Cincinnati, right. Cincinnati, and Alec was a, a core special, special teamer guy. before he developed into one of their mm-hmm. more prominent wide receivers. So I'm excited to see those two reunite. Yeah, he was on that staff to, that went to the college football exactly. playoff. I'm excited to talk to each of them right. about one another. But you know, I think that for him, this is going to be it, – It's again, you do have some continuity because Joe Hastings is retained in his assistant special teams coordinator role. So he will be able to lean on Coach Hastings to kind of blend some things over, but then also add a bit of his style into things in areas where this has been such a strong defensive unit year after year under Bubba Ventrone. Okay, what are more interesting things that he can do or that he's noticed or that he found success in? And how do those translate from the college game to the NFL you know we talk with Rick Venturi so often about what as a defensive coach as Rick is what you learn about the college game and how they start to evolve the pro game around what it what 
guys sure. are doing in college. And so you have to kind of the, – the offensive side tends to evolve a little bit more quickly. And then as a defensive coordinator, we've heard Gus say this too, you're trying to catch up and you're trying to stay ahead. Okay, similarly from a special teams perspective, what are the things that allow them to be so successful, mm-hmm. especially in punt blocking? Because that was a huge area of pride when you think about for the Colts and what they were able to do. Remember a couple of years ago when you had that – EJ Speed, TJ Carey, and then EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin. They had, crew they had wrecking. four block punt touchdowns since 2018 so under Bubba. Yeah. You're already playing into the strength of the guys that you have with bringing a lot of those guys back. I'm really interested, though, for him, no matter what you bring in, what are you doing at, at kicker? Are you bringing back Chase McLaughlin? What's the situation? Where is Rigo Sanchez in his recovery as your punter? Mm-hmm. You have Luke Rhodes as, you know, kind of. All pro snapper. Yeah, ex- all pro snapper who is the, the core of that unit. And then this team has done such a good job of developing everyone else around it. When you talk about, you know, the linebackers who have come in and played as core special teamers. You've had so many receivers who have been integral in the success of that group as well from the return standpoint. So it'll be interesting to see what personnel he has to build right. for going into 23. And as we know, special teams units during the course of the season, they're so fluid because yeah. you have roster bump ups, you have injuries and this guy can't play or now he needs to be a starter uh, on either offense yeah. or defense. So you have to know the entire personnel and the talent of all 53 guys that are made available to you, or in this case, 46 guys that are made available to you on game day because you never know when a guy's going to go down or you need to replace a gunner and and so on and so forth. He's obviously going to be a big, you know, determining factor in, you know, after the draft with undrafted free agents, guys that have Huge. special teams traits and then certainly at the end of the preseason who makes the final roster to be core special and teams And what's players. great is he's seen these guys firsthand. Spending the last few years in college, he's either schemed for them or had them at one stop or another. Exactly. So he's going to be more knowledgeable than anyone. He'll have he'll have to do some homework, but he's going to be able to be like, oh, all right, you know, we played this guy from Boston College or whatever it is, and has some basis moving forward. Another thing that JJ pointed out, and I love, I love this. I think this is indicative, and you know, this is different going from college to the NFL. But when he was at Notre Dame. Guys were were clamoring starters and campaigning, too. starters campaigning to want to play on special teams because of how much they wanted to contribute and how much they enjoyed playing for him. A mm-hmm. little bit different, of course, when you're talking about the NFL and you got to protect yourself a little bit more. But I do think that gives you an indication of the type of coach he is mm-hmm. and why players are going to play hard for him and for that group. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see who is the next George Odom, who is yeah. the next Dallas Flowers or Zach Pascal or. Ashton or Zaire Franklin, Ashton Doolin, all of these guys have either been all pro players on special teams or there are guys that have been able to carve out enough of a niche on special teams to stick around, get second contracts, and then turn into mainstays, in the case of Zaire Franklin, Zach Pascal on either offense or defense. So the Colts have been great on special teams and uh, hopefully they can continue that as uh, Brian Mason now is in as special teams coordinator. Good, uh, coordinator, I should say. Lair, good stuff on the uh, on the coaching staff. Are you ready to roll with free agency next week? I'm ready to work overtime. How about you, right? <laughs> We're already working overtime, it seems like. But it's going to be fun. The uh, What do they call that? The legal tampering period on Monday, which is obviously oxymoron. That's going to start <laughs> early next week. And then everything is uh, going to be official with the new league year starting Wednesday 
4 o'clock Eastern time uh, with the start of NFL free agency. So we're uh, we're batting down the hatches here and getting ready for all the NFL news that's seemingly already coming out here uh, fast and furious. So that's Lair Overton. I'm Matt Taylor. Thanks, as always, for listening and watching to Overtime here on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. And as always, when things break, when news happens, stay here on Overtime.